stronghold and say, hey, not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says he was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to a podcast by Senior Pastor of Life Free Church, Prophet Gomezio Shamani. Alright. We're going to go to part two. So I'm I'm only go- I actually came on an assignment. I'm only going to preach for a few minutes. Next time I'm going to begin a series teaching. I'm only going to preach for very few minutes. We go to part two. His bends to behelevish kodi hadash. All right. So briefly, we're going to look at we're going to look at a subject called belief systems. All right. Just 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 help him out. Yeah. No. Don't worry. You can pray. Outside. All right. We're going to look at belief systems. And. Amen. Let's give a hand to the Lord. When we, when we get to, when we get to, when we get to part two, don't be a passenger. Don't be a passenger. Hey. Uf adish edebehelavish. So we're going to look at a subject that I've entitled belief systems and one of the reasons I'm going to teach this short message is so that you can have at least a know-how how to condition your belief systems. All right, now there are many definitions of what a belief a belief system is, but one of the things that I've highlighted is that a belief system is an accepted way of reasoning that unfolds into a reality. It's an accepted way of reasoning. So when we talk about someone's belief system, it's really how someone perceives certain things. And obviously, how he perceives certain things will cause him to act a certain way. And obviously, that action will be pushed to become a certain reality. Now, With regards to belief systems, we've come to understand and know that there are so many sources that people find their belief systems. All right. I know each and everyone has their belief system. You have your belief system concerning God. You've got your belief system concerning school and and, and many other things altogether. And obviously, you have your belief system concerning life. And one of the things that influence one to have a certain belief system is number one, knowledge. Knowledge has the power to influence somebody's belief system. But another thing that influences people's belief system is an environment. Apart from that, experience is also another thing that influences somebody's belief system. Yet again, we have events that also influence people's belief systems. All right. Now, it is very much important that you establish an ultimate source of what influences your belief system 
it should not it should not be everyone that has their belief system influenced by environments. It should not be everyone that has their belief system influenced by experience or whatsoever. In short, you need to establish an ultimate source that will shape how you think, how you accept things, and how you believe uh, quite a number of things. So with regards to a belief system, there are two major components that we see. Number one, there is what is known as perception. Right. There's what is known as perception. It's how you, how you accept things, how you think, how you reason on certain matters. Now, from, per, from perception, there's what is known as action. All right. So, usually actions come from a place of perception. Okay. That's why when we see from the scriptures, we'll notice that how someone would perceive certain things will influence how he will act. Okay. There are certain people, they are so... Uh, in their mindset, if you insult their mother, they will beat you. That's how they've perceived things. You can insult anyone else, but apart from my mother. If, if you want to die, insult my mother. That's how they perceive things. Well, there are others who perceive things a little bit different. And because of that, every perception provokes an action. So it's very, very important how you perceive things. Because if your perception is wrong, it might provoke a wrong action from you. Now, in Genesis chapter number 2 and verse 25, we see an example of how perception provokes an action. Genesis 2.25, please move fast with me. All right, I'll read it. And the Bible says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. That's Genesis chapter number 2 and verse 25. Then when we go to Genesis chapter number 3, verse 8, but before we get there, I want you to see something. You will notice this is before the fall of man. And the Bible is telling us that both man and woman and his wife, they were what? They were naked. But even though they were naked, the Bible tells us that they were not ashamed. But then after the fall, after they sourced an instruction from somewhere else, something changed about them. Their perception changed. Because before the fall, their perception was sound. It was okay. And so when they were naked, it seems like, ah, it's okay. They were not ashamed. But after the fall in Genesis chapter number 3 and verse 8, we see something about man. And, the, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Uh-huh. Then the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you? Verse 10. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. What? Weren't you already naked before the fall? But then after the fall, how come you've now become from unashamed to afraid? How is it that you've moved from a place of, whilst you are in the garden, you were, un, you were unashamed and you walked with God. But this time your perception has changed. You've become ashamed, afraid, and then you're hiding from God. 
This is to show you that sometimes if you allow your perception to change, your actions will automatically change. And this is what happened to Adam and Eve. Their actions changed. Why? Because their perception, how they perceived things had changed. And you see, that's why we really need to correct our belief system because our belief system can cause us to make actions that will eventually cause us to miss God. And that's why we have to be sure and really have to be in a place that our belief system is so sound and is so good. There's another woman who had a lovely perception. This woman is a woman who had, who had an issue of blood. The Bible tells us she perceived that if she could touch the helm of Jesus, she would be well. Okay. There are other people who are touching Jesus but have no perception, so they catch nothing. Hey. But this woman perceived, she had the perception, she says, if only, only, if only, I can just touch, 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 my servant will be well. Perception. So your perception, how you perceive things will regulate your actions. Praise be to God. Somebody say perception. Now, we're talking about our belief system, and obviously we want to correct two things. Because there has been so, there have been two major problems with regards to beliefs. Okay, there are two major problems without, with regards to belief. Number one, there is what is known as disbelief or not believing at all. And number two, there is what is known as wrong believing. And we need to deal with those things. All right. Because if we don't deal with those things, both disbelief and wrong believing will produce a certain result that we will not actually love. And you see, that's why sometimes even believers sometimes get frustrated because they are exposed to either one of these two. And they say, "Ah, how come it didn't work out for me? Why? Because your perception was wrong and your action was wrong. And don't expect your result to be correct. Disbelief. This one is simply not believing at all. It is sponsored by ignorance. It is sponsored by ignorance. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter number 18, verse 10 to 13, it tells us how God was expressing, you know, his plan for uh, Abraham and his household. Okay, now look at what happened. Please, please, please. Genesis 18, verse 10. All right. And the Bible tells us, and he said, I will certainly return to you according, according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. All right. Now God is, is talking to is talking to Abraham and he's saying Sarah your wife is going to have a son and Sarah is actually listening to what their discussion. Next verse. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well advanced in age and Sarah had passed her age of childbearing. Uh-huh. Next verse. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying after I have grown old shall I have pleasure my lord being old also. What was she saying? She was saying, look, because God had announced Sarah is going to have a child. But when Sarah heard that she's going to have a child, she laughed. Why did she laugh? Because she perceived she's dead. That's why she laughed. She perceived she's dead. That was her belief system. Childbearing years over. So if you perceive it that way, then your action will be that same way. And so she perceived she's dead, and so she laughs. Then the next verse. 
And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Then God says, is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? What, what was he trying to say? What was he trying to uh, show her or expose? He was trying to expose the disbelief of Sarah was because she was ignorant that nothing is hard for God. And that's where so many people are. They have disbelief over certain results in life because their perception is that God cannot do really something great. And so they are in the place of great disbelief. And some of the people laugh at God. Some of them cry. Some of them complain. Some of them post on their statuses, perception. By the way, she's not the only one who had child problems. Wow, this one is laughing. Another one, God Hannah, is in church. She says, shakatapakatapa. Ah, if I don't get it this year, next year I'm coming again. Shakatakata. Her perception is that whether, 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 Jesus, you are the healer. That's her perception. And that's why she's always in the house of the Lord. And right there in the house of the Lord, she receives her answer. By this time next year, (laughs) you will have a bouncing baby boy. And you will call him Samuel. But thank God, Abraham perceived differently from Sarah. And received the word of the Lord. It's very easy. If your husband has gotten it, you can tell your wife, "Ah, let's trust in the Lord. And I thank God that the kind of laughter that Sarah had had changed. The first laughter was coming from the perception of disbelief. But then the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter number 21 verse 6 that she had another laughter. What was this laughter? The Bible says she gave birth to a young baby known as Isaac, which means laughter. So she laughs at God and says, ah, is it possible? And God decided, okay, okay, fine, I'll give you laughter. And then she has Isaac. Then look at what she says. And Sarah said to God and said, and said God has made me laugh. And all who hear me will laugh with me. So there's a different, there's a twofold kind of laughter for Sarah. The first kind of laughter came from disbelief. She says, <laughs> it's not possible. But when she knew that God is able, God gave her an, a laughter by the name of Isaac. And when she received that laughter by the name of Isaac, she had another laughter and says, God has done it again. <laughs> there are many people that laugh, but from different perceptions. There are many people that shout amen, but from different perceptions. There are many people that shout, I receive, but different perceptions. How will you know your perception? By the result you receive. The Bible tells us in, in, the, in the Pentateuch, it shows us how uh, there are 12 spies that went to check the promised land. 
12 of them. And they had to come back with a report to show Israel that really this is how the land is like. And the Bible tells us of the 12 spies, 10 of them said, yes, we went to that land, but that land is full of giants. It's full of the long-necked people, the Anakites. So we cannot go there. Let's just go back. But the Bible tells us that there were two people by the name of Joshua and Caleb. They said, you're talking about giants. Those ones are bred before us. Perception. Those ones are bred. Bred. Bre- giant. You're talking about giants. We slay giants. Bread. Today, a witch can appear in this place, and I'll tell you, perception will cause people to do quite a number of things. Others are going to run to Deacon Samuel. Others are going to say, blood of Jesus. Others are going to say, fire of the Holy Ghost. And others are going to laugh. <laughs> oh, you're here. <laughs> perception. It influences your actions. It does. And that's why when we see from the, the, these people who were 10 spies and the fact that they decided to have a different report altogether and perceive things altogether. Remember, a perception will always have an action and an action will always have a result. There was a certain result that followed them. Do you want to know the result that followed them? Numbers chapter 14 and verse 37. Those who perceived things wrongly, they had their result. Kylie, they like perceiving things wrong. So those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. Okay. What happened to Joshua and Caleb? Oh, do you want to know? They entered the promised land. It's how you perceive things. Some people perceive life differently. Some people perceive life the wrong way. Some people would say, Ish, ah, concerning life, this life is just too hard. Let me just, uh, let me just give up on it. Well, another person will see life even though it's a hard. They will see a different side of the coin and say, no, I'm able to make it. I'm able to do something. And I'll tell you, from these people who have different perceptions, actions will be produced and results will always be produced. That result, again, is traced to your perception. Ask your neighbor, what is your perception? Remember I said disbelief. Disbelief comes from a place of ignorance. Usually when people do not believe, especially in God or his works, then you will see that ignorance is at work. This is why Paul said this in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. Quickly go to it. Look at what Paul said. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.13. The Bible says, although I was formerly... This is Paul. He's writing to Timothy and he's saying, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor and an insolent man but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief so have you noticed this man was a man of action but in unbelief he was a persecutor in unbelief he was a blasphemer in unbelief he was insolent it's not like when he had unbelief he was just quite no there were actions 
that were burst from his perceptions. But he says, this is what I was when I was ignorant. But now I obtained mercy. And now he writes, usually now, when he's beginning, I, Paul, an apostle of God, a messenger, not a blasphemer, a messenger of the Most High God, a teacher. Why? He's no longer got disbelief. Ignorance has been dealt with. And that's the problem if you remain in ignorance. The Bible has a projected prophecy for you. It's Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. It says, my people are perishing. They are destroyed because they lack what? Knowledge. Many of us know that scripture. But we still reject knowledge. It says, my people perish. Because they lack knowledge. They are ignorant. So how are we going to deal with disbelief? Go for knowledge. Go for great knowledge. Go for knowledge of God. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And also says, and, and knowledge. Hallelujah. There's another problem that we need to deal with. This one usually troubles the body of Christ. Maybe let me not say, maybe it's, 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 it's too big for me to say the body of Christ. Let me just say, this one troubles a sect of believers. Alright, why? This, this one is called wrong believing. When we talk about wrong believing, this one is quite different from disbelief. Many of you believe in Jesus. Many of you believe in God. But while you are in the body of Christ and while you are a believer... Some people have subscribed to wrong perceptions. Okay. I remember there was a time I went to uh, pray for somebody and they, they needed healing. I prayed for them and there was gradual change. I prayed for them again. There was still gradual change. And, and I said, okay, let me pray for you again. And he says, my brother, don't trouble yourself. There is time for everything. God will heal me at his own time. So he told me. Don't worry. Murungwariko. He will heal me at his own time. I said, no. My perception is not at his own time. My perception is now faith. is a substance of things hopeful. I have substance. Come here. Take. And he checked. And he says, ah. I'm healed. You see, there are certain people, there are certain results they will not really receive. While it's in the body of Christ is because they have wrong belief systems. Wrong belief systems. There are certain thought lines that make them feel, okay, for me, I know I'm a believer. I have to go through suffering. I have to lead an example like Jesus Christ. I have to follow the fellowship of his suffering. So nine and funkana votikako. If I don't vutika, they'll say there's, there's, no, there's no star without a scar and, you know, things like that. Wrong belief systems. What do you mean there's no star without a scar? Jesus took that scar so that you become a star. Why do you want to have scars? Ndembo. Now, wrong believing is, 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 is really wrong. You, you will notice there's a man by the name of Peter. Peter was great, a great apostle. But even though he was a great apostle and even sent by Jesus, there was a time where Peter thought preaching of the gospel should only be to Jews. Wrong belief. A pillar of the church. 
he thought preaching the gospel should only be to Jews. The Gentiles, no. Until God had to deal with that wrong mindset. It wanted to come back, come back again and Paul again had to address it. Wrong believing. In the same way, we see in Genesis chapter number 11, we see that there were people at the Tower of Babel that wanted to build a tower and, uh, unto heaven. Right. And when they wanted to build a tower unto heaven, they said, look, guys, let's build a tower so that we make a great name for ourselves. They knew that it's possible to build a tower. They knew it's very, very possible to go high in life. But their belief system was wrong. And the challenge with that is that when a belief system is wrong, somehow it produces the same result as one who has a belief system from a place of ignorance. Do you remember in Hosea 4 verse 6 it says, my people are destroyed. So meaning there is a realm, there is an arena of destruction that comes through ignorance. But guess what? There is also an arena of destruction that comes through wrong believing. Second Peter chapter number 3 verse 18. Paul was writing to the church and really telling them something. For your goodness and power and your love take all the glory. Start from verse 17. You therefore, since you know beforehand, beware lest you fall from your own steadfast, being led away in error and wickedness. Okay, go to verse 19. Have I got in the scripture correctly? Nineteen, 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 nineteen. Verse okay, it just ends on verse eighteen. All right. Ah now. A scripture in, in, in Second Peter which tells us that there's, it should be verse 16, but I'm not sure, but it tells us that there are certain things that Paul preaches that are very, very difficult to understand. He tells the church that, look, there are quite a number of things that Paul gets to preach that are quite difficult to understand. Yeah, it is verse 16. Okay, wonderful. And then it tells us that Sometimes when people receive those teachings or when they hear those things, they twist those things. And this is where it says, as also in all epistles speaking in them of these things, in which some of these things are hard to understand. So in the epistles of Paul, there are certain things that are hard to understand. You might. <laughs> and then it goes on to say, which untaught and unstable people twist. Where do they twist them? Where is the direction towards destruction? It says they twist, meaning when they get hold of it, it's going to work against them. There is going to, they are going to produce a wrong belief. And they twist it to their own destruction as they do to the rest of the scriptures. So this is simply meaning these are people who are in the body of Christ and they are dealing with scriptures. But when they get the scriptures, they begin to twist them. And when they are twisting them and when they are wrong, the Bible shows us that twisting is unto their destruction. So it's simply showing us that those that wrongly believe go towards destruction. Those that are ignorant go towards destruction. 
So we need to deal with both things. And some of those wrong thoughts, obviously, we, 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 I can expose a few uh, errors of belief. Someone can say, it's fine for me to, be, uh, to have my leg in the world, to have my leg in God. You can have the best of both worlds. And the challenge with that is that you use a message of grace which tells you you've been forgiven even for your future sins. So you say, ah, I've got future sins, can't she? Got deposit, come future, kaja. Ah, Meaning you, you, you've twisted. But you are forgetting that uh, there was someone who was saying, hot or cold, if you're in my mouth, I will, I will spit. Amen and amen. Now, that's what we call wrong believing. And the problem with wrong believing is that because you're sitting in certain results, because you, you are in the world and you're in God and you're not falling down like Ananias and Sapphira, you feel, ah, it's okay for me to do this. Okay, have you ever wondered, I'll, I'll give you an example. A fish, when you put it in water, obviously that's its place of dwelling, isn't that so? That's why it has its provision, that's why it has everything that it needs. But have you noticed when you remove a fish from water, there's something that it gets exposed to. Now, I know many of you will quickly say it dies, but if, when you immediately remove a fish from water, it doesn't die immediately. And that's where the deception comes in. Many people come out from the presence and their environment and just because they are still breathing from a moment, they still feel it's okay. It's okay. But the fish will not die immediately. But it will start losing breath when it's outside its environment. Wrong perceptions. Another perception, obviously, is where somebody thinks if they are in problems, they should put everyone aside, including God, until they sort out their own challenges. In fact, there is what is known as, I don't know if it's a doctrine or a thought line, but rather it's a thought line, that many people even, even ask questions, how do I balance my time and God? Anyway, your time, that's God's time. <laughs> How do I balance? Since when are you putting God on a scale to balance him? No, how, how do I balance? I, I, I remember I was sharing this with, with, with someone. I said, look, it's a simple analogy. For God, you don't balance. He's your source. Then from that source, that's where everything else comes. So if you want to balance, balance your time to watch TV, balance your time to study, balance your... But with God, that one you're not balancing. Everything that you're going to do, if it's school, it's studies, if it's business, should come from God. I'll give you an example of a, of, 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 of a simple analogy. Many of you have done some watering before. And when you water something, you connect it to the tap, right? You connect a horse pipe. To the tap and when you connect the horse pipe to the tap what you do is that you turn on the supply of water and when that supply of water is turned on you can water anything you can water the the veg you can water the the carrots or whatsoever whatsoever you want you can water 
That's the same principle with how it should be with you and God. Okay? First of all, the horse pipe is simply a vessel, so as you are. And in the same way, the tap is a place of supply. That's how God is. So for you to touch your studies, your business, you need to connect to the supply. And when you connect to the supply, you have to ensure that the water is running. You have to ensure there is constant engagement between the horse pipe and the tap. Then you can touch whatsoever things. Now some people, after they've still their hallelujah, they disconnect from the tap. Now I'll tell you one thing. This is where another deception is. Have you noticed that once the tap supplies water and you disconnect, not all the water has finished. So just because you're still seeing water, you think you're happening in life. But you are disconnected from your source. Somebody needs to change their perception. Yes. Because yes, just because that same water has, has, has been released and you've, yes, you've disconnected. But I'm telling you, that water, as long as you are not connected to the source, will soon dry. So what should we do? God, ah, not for balancing. He's my source. There are many perceptions altogether. There are people that feel that, oh, God doesn't love me. Huh? Why would you feel God doesn't love me? Why? And someone will say, God doesn't love me. Why? He didn't give me a husband. <sighs> Is it who didn't give you? Or you gave someone blue ticks? Last, I mean, I last seen 1998. What's up, GB? And then you're blaming God. Why? Why me? Always me. Hey, this, this, and that. When the problem was actually you. God doesn't love me. Hey, Shansha, it's even become a song. Who told you? Are you sure God doesn't love you? When he sent his only son, his only son, Jesus Christ, who died for you. What was the highest position that God had? It's Jesus. That's, he didn't even send an angel. I mean, if there was a way, if we had a way, if we were in the council of heaven, at least sacrifice someone. <laughs> but uh, we thank God. God didn't go that way. Says, eh, uja, blood yao janiolula. But <laughs> for the Lord Jesus, He sent Jesus Christ the highest possession, the highest value of heaven. So if you say God doesn't love you because He didn't give you a car or He didn't give you a husband, that's, that simply means you are saying God values Jesus or he values a car more than Jesus for Him to withhold. If God sent Jesus, just know there's a, what else? What can he withhold? Awe, nizamta na bando. Bando! Okay, quickly. I need to wrap up. That's why seeing that we want to deal with unbelief 
and we want to deal with wrong believing, one of the things you will notice that first of all, John the Baptist and Jesus came to do is that when they came on the face of the earth, they started announcing something. They started announcing, they started saying, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent. That's why John the Baptist kept moving. Repent. What does the word repent mean? It means change change your mindset. If you're going this side, chaya, reverse, rove, go this side. Change your direction. Amen and amen. That was, that was, he, he really wanted you to change your direction. He really wanted you to change your mindset. So you will notice that most of the teachings would deal with changing of the mindset and, uh, you know, doing whatsoever which is necessary for you to handle things very well. So now, we need to now get to a place and answer this question. How do I believe rightly? How do I perceive things correctly? Number one, make sure your established source of belief is God. Make sure your established source of belief. What am I saying? If you want something to influence your belief system, it should be God, not, not experience. Many people allow experience to shift their belief system. That's why that moment when someone was praying or maybe when they were believing for something and then they did not get healed, their belief system changed that God does not heal everyone. Amen and amen. Your established source should be God. Now, why should your established source be God? Is because this source that you've chosen to shape your belief system never changes. It's unchanging. God is unchanging. So if you establish your thought line and your perceptions from God, then there are certain results you're going to see. Now, the problem is that if you use experience as your source of shaping your belief, that's a problem. Why? Because experience changes. If you use knowledge, ah, that's a problem. Why? Knowledge changes. If you use facts, facts, guess what? Facts change. So what do you need to do? Establish God as your only source of, the belief, of your belief system. Don't be like Adam who and Eve who Satan will come and tell them, no, God does not want you to eat of this because of that. And then suddenly your, 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 your thinking changes. Hallelujah. So ensure that only God should influence your belief system. That should be your ultimate. When you're at work, don't listen to your neighbor. <laughs> Boy, eh? Sometimes you need to be smart. So, from the company. You say, no. The wicked who get haste, or rather who desire to get rich haste, usually end up in trouble. Why? Your perception is coming from God. In Second Chronicles chapter number 20 and verse 20, before you go there, I'll give you a background. The Bible tells us how uh, uh, the, the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, was experiencing something tough. What do I mean when I say something tough? Armies combined together to go and fight the king of Judah. And when, when Jehoshaphat saw that, ish, there are so many armies that have come towards me. Mm, 
he got worried. He got worried. Okay? And obviously one person would have wanted to say no, maybe just run away or just surrender. But Jehoshaphat decided to do something. He decided to inquire from the Lord. He says, Lord, many armies are coming towards me. What do I do? And the Bible tells us that there's a man by the name of Jehaziel who came and announced the word of the Lord to Jehoshaphat. He told him, go, go for battle. Wait, you mean with all those, those nations I should go for battle? Yes, go. Hey, and says, you don't even need to fight. That's what the man said. You don't even need to fight. For tomorrow, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Huh? Jehoshaphat, what did he do? He got that. And that shaped his perception. And that's where his action got. And the Bible tells us, Second Chronicles chapter number 20 and verse 20. He gets his nankan, his army. And look at what he says. The Bible says, So they rose early in the morning, and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Hey, he says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Remember, it's a, it's, 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 the message came through a servant. That's why it says, believe his prophets. It didn't say believe the prophets. It says believe his prophets. His, his, the prophets of God. It says believe them. These ones, when you believe them, you will prosper. Why will you prosper? Because the voice, the, 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 the prophet is the voice of God. You will not separate the prophet and God. In short, he's just a vessel. So if I say, by this time next week. <laughs> Have you noticed someone testified and said, when pastor was declaring, for me I said, I'm getting so God can speak through a vessel, but the way you perceive can either be a hat trick or a beam. <laughs> beam, off target, offside. Amen and amen. Do you know that's why certain people uh, they will say no when you're in church you don't just be saying amen 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 why it's because those people have noticed whenever they would say amen and amen the challenge is that they are frustrated because they never saw results because their perception was wrong whenever they would say amen but the bible says many are the promises of god but to them he says yes and to the people they say amen perception. Why are they saying amen? They know, they know God has already said yes. The other people who say amen, they, they are not sure. They think they want to influence God to say yes. What do you mean? God told us a yes. The Bible says he gave us a resounding yes. Yes, yes, yes. So even us, when God says yes, we say yes, yes, yes. That is our amen. Perception. So you have to establish God as your ultimate source of belief system. 
So if you want to do business, say, Lord, what do you think? If you want to do something, you say, Lord, what do you think? Change, mold my ways to become your ways. Mold them. After you establish God as your source of belief, number two, this is the last one, grow into faith. Grow into faith. It's very interesting how I brought out this. I said grow into faith. Notice we're talking about belief systems. Now, there's a very big difference between belief and faith. Even though sometimes they're very synonymous. Sometimes people use them interchangeably. But there's a difference. Because when we talk about faith, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Now, when we talk about faith, faith demands commitment and trust. I know Loriska can give me money, but I don't trust she can give me now. Are you seeing the difference? I know Loriska can give me money, I believe, but I am not committed that she can give me now. Don't trust it. So your belief can transition into faith. That's why the Bible doesn't say the just shall walk in belief. It says the just shall walk by faith. Faith means holding on. Commitment. (laughs) When we're talking about belief, that level, hey, you need to shift from it because James chapter number 2 verse 19 shows us why you also need to shift from it. Just in case you are the only one who knows God. James 2 19. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even demons believe. You believe that there is one God. You've done well. But guess what? They also believe. They believe. They believe. That's why when they saw Jesus, they said, Hey, what do you want with us? We know who you are. It is not yet our time. They believe that God is God. They believe. Why did they say we know it's not yet our time? They even believe that their boss is a weakling. They know. They know. They know. But ah, far be it from me for a demon to believe. And I also believe. They, that's why the difference should be faith. Your difference should be faith. Why? Because demons do not hold on to God. You hold on to him. How do you hold on to him? By faith. It's your commitment. It's your commitment. That's why it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In short, your faith, you have established that, okay, 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 uh, I know God is the healer, but while I am not yet healed, let me hold on to God. If I don't get healed, that's what faith is. Faith, you see, the, the operation of faith, when faith is in operation, you will notice that sometimes facts may be very different. The fact is that you may be sick, yet you believe God is the healer. So what do you need to do at that moment? Don't just believe God is the healer. By faith, you say, Mm-mm. 
if there is a source that I will hold on to, I'm not going to Dr. Kankusha or Dr. Karukuruku or whatsoever. I'm going to Dr. Jesus. That's why David says, who do I have in heaven but you? <laughs> um, he says, on earth there's nothing that I desire but you. He says, my heart may fail. I don't care. But God is the strength of my heart. So I mean, I'm going to hold on to him. That's faith. Faith is commitment. It's trust. Holding on to him, even though things don't make sense at that moment. Yes, sometimes things won't make sense in faith. But guess what? When faith is there, faith has the capacity to change those things that don't make sense into something that is known as a tangible miracle. Why? Because when we say faith is the substance, the substance of faith is heavier than the substance of an adverse result. It's heavier. That's why God also works, works by faith. The Bible says Abraham was not staggering in faith. Guess what? The fact at that point is that he had no, his, his, his shine was dead. He was dead as a man. But because he had faith, his faith was heavier than his situation. And because faith is heavier, eventually, eventually, that situation has to change. That's why the Bible says, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. What am I here to say? I'm here to tell people that saints of God, there's so much that is going on in this world and in this life. But don't allow your perception to change. Don't be like those people who are saying, Hey, Lelo Tafa, look at what is happening in these last days. There's so much war going on. Don't let that change your perception. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Both God and even Satan want your perception. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 verse 4 says, The God of this world who is Satan blinds their minds of the unbelieving that they may not see the gospel of Christ. In the same way, Acts chapter number 2 tells us, When the Holy Ghost came, he came upon their heads. Why? They both want your mind. They both want your perception. Why? It is from your perception that shifts into creation. And from your creation, it shifts into action. And from your action, it shifts into a result. That's why you and I have to have the perception of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says, Ah, now then, we have the minds of Christ. We perceive things the way of God. When we talk about healing, ah, we know he is able, he is able, he is able. When we talk about prosperity, we know we can do it. When we talk about doing things, eh, we have the capacity to do it. So what should I do? I should change my perception. While people are getting stressed in this world, for you, your perception is that, eh, righteousness, peace, joy <laughs> of the Holy Ghost, is inside of me. I have it. I have it. Joy is in my spirit. I have it. I have it. Like rivers of living waters. Wow, people don't understand certain situations. For you, you say, even though I don't understand that situation, 
I know a language that I don't understand. So I'm going to speak it. Shakatakatakata. Shapakatakata. Shepekete. Rikoza. Kretos Kitos. And when you do that, I'm telling you, the perception will switch to an action. And an action will switch to another result. That's why Jehoshaphat, the Bible tells us, ah, this guy, he didn't run away. He says, "Uh uh-uh, believe in the Lord. This battle is not ours. It's for God. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And the Bible says, do you know what the Bible says? The Bible tells us when they did that, they started praising God. They didn't, they didn't carry an army to go and fight. They started praising God. They started praising God. And they said, hey, Molongo, you are great. They started praising him. That was their perception. And the Bible tells us when they praised God, all those armies began to fight each other. They began to kill each other. They began to commit suicide. They began to murder one another. They began to get confused. Why? Perception will always change your action. So if it doesn't make sense, if you received bad news, don't go and cry. Don't go and cry. Rise to your feet and say, Yeah! Yeah! God is on my side. If they are fighting you, if they are talking against you, you say, Dear Lord, <laughs> I know you've put me at the top because I have become the topic. Yeah. Yeah. Your perception, when you alter your perception, when Satan comes near you and tells you, I am going to kill you, I'm going to destroy your life, you tell him, who? Me. Greater is he that lives in me than the one that is in the world. Sunga nikwanise. Sunga nikwanise. Sunga nikwanise. Ah, I don't know about you, but whatsoever you've gone through, perception, race to your feet and jump and run around yeah announce your victory announce your victory yeah when they want you to cry when they want you to cry remember that you have joy Hallelujah. I came to tell somebody, change your perception today. Change how you perceive things. Don't look at the enemy and say, today I'm gone. No, 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 no. Change your perception and let your perception be of high. That's why the Bible says, put your mind on the things of heaven. Why? Because those who focus on the things of above become above all things. Yeah. Let's give a hand to Jesus. I'm telling you, 
if you have such a mindset in these last days, nothing will disturb you. I know there are certain facts that we don't like. But even though we don't like them, let's be like David, who says, even though bad news comes, I'm not going to be shaken. Sometimes you may fail a paper. Don't go and drink doom. No, 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 no. You may fail an examination. I know it hurts. But when you fail an examination or when you fall down, say, it's not time for me to stay down. I need to get back up. I'm going to write that paper again. I'm going to write it again. I'm going to study for it. When they deny you at a job opportunity, you submitted your papers one place and they said, sorry, we can't accept you. Say, it's okay. I'm going to write another application. I'm going to take it somewhere else. Why? You can't stop a person with perception. You can't stop him. Just begin to thank God. Just begin to thank God. Tell him, thank you, Lord, that you are changing my perception. Thank you, Lord, that you are changing my life. Thank you, Lord, that you are changing all that concerns me.